of How Did This Get Booked. I, of course, am your host, Jake Manning, and I'm a veteran of the professional wrestling business for over a decade, and I've had held every single job except selling popcorn. I'm joined by a man that I have been in a tag team match with at WrestleCon <laughs> three years in a row, <laughs> Zane Riley. Zane, how you doing? Oh, man, just living, being Xbox's favorite wrestler, uh, you know, just doing what I can, getting through, doing my lovely podcast, doing this podcast that you and I do as well, and... Uh, well, that got awkward. Sorry, I probably should have switched that around. I meant this awesome podcast that you and I do, and then my little podcast I do on the side. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm doing great, Jake. How are you? You've been there for me in my ups <laughs> and my downs of WrestleCon, <laughs> and then you come at whole, me. Whole shit to the downs. You, yeah, we, we've had more downs. Fucking we, we've had a lot more downs than ups, usually. Mm. Especially uh, at WrestleCon. Especially at WrestleCon. And you come at me in the Manning Cave. <laughs> yep, in your own home. In my own home. And you, well, you drink my fucking water. Call, call me Shooter. After I fucking give you a fucking fanny pack that says brother It sure on does. It. With sure my does. colors, nonetheless. Yeah! They so, sure are. Were these from then? Hmm? Were these from then? Then? Yes, you said your colors on them. Yeah. And in this show, you're wearing neon green. Yes, I am wearing neon green. And so, did you used to sell these as Mr. Elite? These fanny packs? No. Oh, okay. You said your colors, so I thought maybe, like, oh, I got really like, whoa, this is a piece of history? I, I was going to do a bit, but I was like, no, nah, you've already... You, I, did I ruin it? No, 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 you didn't, you didn't ruin... No, wait, you didn't ruin anything. I just forgot that I was wearing green in this oh, okay. particular show, and then I, I was like, oh, I missed an opportunity to do a bit, and then I'm like, all right, let's just tell the truth. Let's see where it goes. <laughs> Fuck, I'm sorry if I fucked anything up. No, it's, no, it's quite okay. It's quite okay. <laughs> talk to somebody else. I gotta go. <laughs> well, it's a good thing I, I, I can talk to somebody else. Yeah. This is an episode where we have a guest, we have a comedian joining us today because we've made them watch a less than perfect professional wrestling show and the person that we have chosen to come down and enjoy it join us in this adventure is comedian miguel or sornio hey how's it going yeah, you, I, you, you got it about yeah. right you added an r damn it i'm I, oh sornio oh sornio yeah you oh, added an r at the beginning you didn't need to you said or sornio it. like, oh, it's, it's all right Every, no everyone, i'm gonna everyone. no it's not okay all right you're gonna shit talk me on another fucking podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got your fucking name wrong i'm sorry i'm <laughs> beat <laughs> yeah no whenever i'm on a podcast with someone who can pronounce it right then i'll shit talk you but right now i'm Everything is good. Oh, you shut your <laughs> goddamn fucking <laughs> So, But no, Miguel, thank you so much for, for driving up all the way from Atlanta. Um, we're doing this right before we do our joke exploitation show at Visit Our Video. So thank you for, for coming in a couple hours. But more specifically, thank you for watching this wrestling show. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a treat. Uh, it's really... <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm being sarcastic. I'm just, <laughs> It was very bad. It was real bad. <laughs> my sarcastic voice and my normal voice are the same voice. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, well, what's uh, what's what's not bad is um, like our, our wrestling fans that have left reviews. Yes, I want to put that at the top of the show before we go any further in the show because I want to thank all of the people that have left reviews on iTunes and Stitcher, and anyone that leaves a review on iTunes and Stitcher, you get a free T-shirt. All you got to do is just get up with me via DMs. My DMs are wide open. I know this for sure because I have so many dick pics in there right now <laughs> uh, that were unsolic- they're all left on red that were that were unsolicited. So you know if you have left a review on iTunes or Stitcher, just DM me your shirt size and your mailing address and I will get a free t-shirt out to you. But also I will mention your name on the podcast um, until you are dethroned. I will mention the, the newest review that is sitting on each one of those platforms until you're dethroned. And currently still sitting at the top of the poll is uh, Modern Barbarian on Stitcher and iTunes BK10208181. Eight, one. You've been dethroned by Miles Kane. Miles Kane, thank you so much for all the love on Twitter. We appreciate you so much. Uh, make sure you listen next week, Miles, where we give you a little bit more love. But we're going to move we, right past we that. We talk right? a whole mess about you, We Miles. talk a whole mess about you because uh, here in the Manning Cave, we record our episodes backwards. Mm-hmm. We we do a, a whole whole wonderful flowery thing for you, Miles. But we got to keep this moving because we need to talk about Miguel and your exposure to professional wrestling. What were... Where has pro wrestling fit in your life? Yeah, so I I was born in Mexico, uh, so Mexican wrestling was uh, was definitely a part of my life at least when I was like a little kid. My my uncle was actually a, a referee. <laughs> I was um, say your uncle was like a wrestler. No, my no, Doctor Wagner Jr. Well, I I guess like referees kind of have to be wrestlers because yeah. like they get flipped around mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And they kind of have to know what the wrestlers are doing and kind of be communicating with them. Well, they're a big part of the minis matches. Yeah. They, they get the catch and then the throw mm-hmm. and the toss on top. But they, they get their spots. Yeah. So uh, so I was really into wrestling as a little kid. And then when I moved to the United States, I had this one friend who got me really into, at the time it was WWF. Uh, but, but then, like, just shit happened uh it 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 got weird like uh like the friend i was hanging out with turned out to be a little bit racist yeah did he not know going into this friendship no i like he knew he knew i was uh he knew i was mexican and i think he was cool with it uh but then we started hanging out with this third person who was not cool with the fact that i'm mexican uh and uh, yeah, and and then later I found out that the friend I was hanging out with was uh, he he didn't like black people. Okay, and that I wasn't comfortable with that. You're like, just like, why doesn't he like The Rock? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's well, well, yeah. I I don't think he probably knew The Rock was black, but uh... <laughs> did, he, did he think the, the Rock was also Mexican too? I'm like, oh, I've yeah. got a Mexican friend. Yeah, uh... you know, he looks like The Rock, so it's probably yeah. fine. He's probably cool. <laughs> <laughs> not that you're part black is the rock is part Mexican. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Tracks for me. Yeah, so it was it was just weird and and I feel like not being friends with him anymore made me not as into wrestling. Because like, I, I just kind of associated with like him and So you're like, oh, so only racists mm-hmm. watch professional wrestling? Is that what you're it, clicking in your mind? It it was more like like I would watch uh, American wrestling and then I would get like just subtle hints of like, oh, this is like kind of uncomfortable for me. 
you're like, oh, all all of the African American wrestlers are either pimps yeah. or you know militant, angry black men. Yeah, yeah, and so, that's it. Yeah, so so it just got uncomfortable. And to, then to Goldust watch. walked out in blackface, and you're like, yeah. "Whoa!" <laughs> okay, <do> this. <laughs> but but do like, this. I would still watch like Mexican wrestling because like Mexican wrestling was always kind of fun a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like like they were just kind of having fun with it. Well, who were your favorites in Lucha Libre? Uh, what were the years of this first? So when I when I was a kid, uh, it's like th- there was there was this guy who wore like a silver mask. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name, and I feel really bad about it. Oh, uh, but he was. Yeah, El Santo, he, and they made like a lot of movies with oh, him. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in and, your and, age, it would have been El Julio del Santo. Yeah, because like he'd have been the son of the saint. Yeah. So, um, so it was like his son at the time, and he was really cool. And Rey Mysterio was always awesome. I think he actually so they moved him over to WCW. Yeah. Um, er, so you would have been watching Mexican lucha libre wrestling in the early nineties. Yes, like ninety four, ninety three. Literally, I was born in like eighty nine, and I was watching all throughout <laughs> the nineties. Okay, yeah, because um, that early nineties lucha libre was unbelievable. Like I'm very envious of anybody that would have grew up and watched. Yeah, that. like it was it was amazing because like they were just all flying around and shit. It was it, it was really great. Uh, like I, I figured out from like watching the wrestling event you guys showed me that <laughs> that that people who like fly around a lot they're called like flyers or whatever. high flyers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's that was like everyone in Lucha Libre. Pretty much everyone was just kind of you could just throw around. Well, especially great. like AAA was like really popular in the early '90s. You had like El Parca, Rey Mysterio, um, Art Bar, Eddie Guerrero, just some of the some of the best athletes ever. Just under, and triple, yeah, triple Mania, which is basically like the Mexican version of WrestleMania, happened. Like AAA was on fire in the early '90s, and then of course also too. Uh, I think it might have been EMLL at the time. It was definitely, it's now become CMLL. I think it might have been CMLL at the time, but regardless, the Dorio and his family, like their, their promotion, Mexico City, Arena Mexico, um, they were doing quite well as well. They had some really great athletes as well. But Triple AAA was like almost like a WWF version of it. Like they had the pageantry and the entrances and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, it was. It was like a real renaissance is what you were watching at the time. Yeah. Like people are people. If you would have had a VCR recorded those tapes and then like had connections in America, you could have made some serious money. Wow. Really? Yeah. Because I wish I knew that as a kid. Well, my, yeah. my boss's business is based off of guys living in Mexico, recording the wrestling that's on the TV and then mailing him the tapes. And then he dubs those and sells those online. Wow. But he would pay for the original master. Like, Does to, he do all the voices himself? Like no, when no. he dubs them or he, like text? It's like. No, no, no. What he would do is like, let's say you were watching AAA on, on your television. And right. You put, put a tape in and you record whatever the television program was with the wrestling on it. Then you would mail that that VHS tape to my, my boss in, in the States. And he, he would mail you 50 bucks or whatever money order it was for how many tapes. He'd probably pay, I think the standard rate might have been like 50 bucks a tape or 100 bucks a tape, depending on what it is, you know, per tape. I mean, and that's I, like a thousand pesos. So that's pretty good. Yeah. So then what he would do is he would make copies of that and sell that on online. Like AAA September 23rd television episode. He'd post that online and then people would buy that for $10 a pop. Oh, man. 
And but of course he'd be bu- you know buying from you, and you'd be new episode every week, so he'd be giving you fifty dollars every time you sent him a tape. Yeah, I mean, if if I knew about this business as a kid, I I would have had way more chocolate just to. <laughs> <laughs> more. Well, that's the thing is my, my boss uh, is good was good friends with a guy he hadn't met for ten years, uh, Rob Viper, uh, mm-hmm. Rob Bahari who lives in Canada, he lives in Toronto. Like, my boss was good friends with him with 10 years because they would just talk about Lucha Libre and they would find certain tapes and Rob would be like, hey, there's this guy that recorded, you know, this Triple Mania, he has a tape of it. I can get him to send you a copy so you could sell it on your website. And they just became friends, like, trading tapes. Like, this guy has this tape. This guy has a guy that records all the CML episodes. This guy is records all the tv specials this guy records this and in this place this guy has all the japanese tapes you can send him you can buy you know master quality from him and and you can go that route so that's that's how tape trading was yeah i mean that's that sounds like a pretty dope business actually Mm -hmm. just kind of passing television from other countries around and yeah, and then you build an empire off of that, and you you start a company called WrestleCon. Yeah. And, oh man! And then you put two jokers on it, and <laughs> <laughs> and they're pretty friend, and all three of you fail together. Exactly. But uh, speaking, we're not of, better though. We're not at all. <laughs> um, but speaking of failures, <laughs> back to me and Jake. Um, back to the actually our topic of discussion today. We are discussing a show that is a benefit event. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For one half of the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton. This is a benefit event that took place February 2nd, uh, the year of our Lord, 2006, in Alcoa, Tennessee. And it happened in a flea market. Mm. And Alcoa is just outside of Knoxville, just mm-hmm. to give you some geographic location. But uh, there's a special note on the back of this DVD that was sold via highspots.com because this is a benefit show. This is a special note that's on the back of the DVD, and I'll read it verbatim, where it says... Please note that the proceeds from the sale will go to pay off attorney fees associated with Ricky's incarceration and child support. It says it on the tape, huh? Yep. Yeah. Whose wow. call was that? Uh, I think that was to let people know uh, why this was put out and what this what was the for. benefit was for. In and of course, when this has been put on a website, and people just associate, especially in two thousand six, oh. You guys are selling DVDs of this. You guys are making millions of dollars oh, off this event. Of course. Well, there's also production costs. Mm-hmm. There was us being there. And usually, typically, in a sense of a benefit event like this, what Michael will do is not like, oh, like for everyone that you sell, I will give you, like, let's say we sold this for 10 bucks. Okay. It takes $2 for the, the cost of it. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, all right, well, every time I sell one, I'll give you $8. Yeah. And, and we just do it like that. Yeah. Typically, in a sense, what happens is uh, a wrestling event like this, DVD-wise, um, would make X amount of dollars. And that's a small amount. Yeah. But what he would do is he would give an amount that's much larger mm-hmm. than that. Like, he probably would give $5,000 mm-hmm. for the rights to film the show and release it. Mm-hmm. Now, he's never going to make $5,000 off this particular God, show. I hope not. But he's like, all right, Ricky needs the money, but what I'll do is I'll film the event and I'll make up as close to the $5,000 that I donated for this, which I think is pretty close to the amount. It was several thousand dollars that he put towards the attorney's fees um, for the rights to film the show. 
but much like everybody in the show, they're, they're donating their time, which is very gracious for AJ Styles to drive all the way from Georgia mm-hmm. and wrestle a match and bring people in for a gate uh, that's hopefully all that money ended up in Ricky's <laughs> uh, attorney's hands to help him get out, out of out of jail and you know David Young and all these other guys. But some of these guys, I don't know if you need to donate your time. <laughs> I'm in the main event. I don't know if my time uh, helped Ricky at all. Uh, you know, <laughs> probably so, not. Probably not. Uh, he he went he went back to jail. Like I, I looked into it. <laughs> oh, okay, he did some studying, huh? Yeah, because like I just knew it as like a benefit for Ricky Morton. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what he needed the money for <laughs> and and just finding out that it was oh he just hasn't been paying child support so he went to jail that was crazy and uh but apparently like i think in 2010 or something he was arrested again for like the same thing yeah well uh part of the problem with the child support issue was that his child support payments were adjusted according to his current salary yeah while he was employed with WCW. And then, of course, he a year or two later... So, so it went up really high, but then it wasn't readjusted. Yes, because wow. he, he was uh, let go or he quit WCW shortly after. Then he's on the independent scene, and obviously his money, mm-hmm. he'd have to hustle a lot more for, but obviously his income is much lower now. <laughs> um, and also, too, his expenses are much higher now because they're not covered by a large company. So he's obviously not making the money that he was when his child support payments were adjusted. And Tennessee is very big on locking <laughs> people up for child support. Just ask Jamie Dundee. So, <laughs> don't ask him too much anything if you've seen his Facebook anytime recently. Oh, okay, yeah. Just saying the hard ends everywhere. Well, then that circles back to Miguel's whole point before. Well, was you won't like Jamie Dundee either. Were, were you friends with Jamie Dundee growing up? Was that the other friend? No, that Jamie was Dundee like? would have been the third friend. Yeah, Jamie Dundee definitely would have been the third friend. So Wow. Okay. <laughs> so stay away from him. Stay away from him. Uh, cool. So the, the, I think it's kind of the particulars of this whole show. I remember being on the show. I remember going to this show. And actually, you can see me running ringside camera. Yeah? Yeah, I'm the main event of the... I'm I'm the last match to say I'm the main event. I see Dory pop up, but I didn't really... Like I said, what... Oh, Dory's the much. worst ringside camera no, ever. ever. He was still just up on the apron at one point. Just had, He looked like he was part of the match at one point. Oh, I was up on the apron too, but, yeah. you know... I was getting them good shots. Yeah, but you were a third of the size of Dory. Mm-hmm. But it, but it's funny that the guy who's wrestling in the title match later in the show is running ringside camera, and then I switch it off to Bobby Houston, who is in match number five, yeah. and then he does the remainder. Nice. And you're like, well, this guy already wrestled. How can he run ringside camera? doesn't matter. So many fucking wrestlers are on the show. Yeah. It's all a goddamn blur. I counted. <laughs> there were at least, like, the, the final number I got that actually appeared in the ring were 47. And yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't keep up. There, there was so much going on and just Oh, I, and being there was exhausting. And exhausting. from your description, the very first match isn't on this. Yeah. The, there's a lot there was a lot of people that were mad that their match wasn't on here or their match was clipped. Wait, so there were more matches than the fifteen? Yeah. Oh fuck. How long was the show? Well that's another thing too. Oh, this it forever. Forever. Jesus. I, I mean, that time Chris Hero wrestled for 24 solid hours or whatever he it, did. I mean, it was ridiculous. Everybody's trying to get on that Ricky Morton beneficial. I would do it for Ricky. I'm like, nah, I don't think you need to do this. For Ricky. Yeah, maybe think... stay at home. That, that'd help Ricky. All right. Uh, uh, 
Sean Steele's, I don't think we need you. Yeah. <laughs> Jay Steele, you can be here, but Sean Steele's, no, we don't need you. Yeah. Um, yeah, there were a lot of people that mad because their show, their match wasn't on here when really this whole thing was about to benefit Ricky. And then people were mad because their match was clipped because Michael from High Spots didn't want to do a, a double DVD set or a triple DVD set. He's <laughs> just the like, time of 2006, you couldn't get all this on one DVD. Yeah, he's just like, no, I'll cut him short. I was like, I don't care. Just long, keep the AJ and Shannon and keep these other, these certain ones in their entirety. I think it's crazy that of all the matches that they had, the 15 that they picked were that bad. <laughs> like it just, what, what were the ones that got cut? Yeah. Like how bad were they that they were like, well, this, these are the ones that we're putting out. Were there any names of note in the matches that got cut? Like, would you have seen a young, a Hari, or would you have seen a young? Well, see, that's the thing. Charlie it's, Dreamer. It's, well, that's what's weird. Like, if we want to get into, like match number two, if we want to just yeah, jump yeah we can. To, we might as well. You know, because number one's not fucking there. Yeah. Well, no, no one's there. The 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 UWA tag title tournament finals. That's there because that's that's got um, like. No, that's there. there. There was a guy with like sexy in his name. Yeah, sexy boy Lance, <laughs> the Pillager, Regulator Steel, like that was that was a match. The Eight Man. Yeah. No, the Eight Man. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. There was there was Call a match. Back up in my mind. Yeah, but right. there yeah, was really right. like only like one minute. Yeah. You know, and it just like you just do. It. I I basically took the beginning and then right into the comeback and then you get the finish. That'd be why. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now if, you, I remember if, now. if you blinked, you would have missed match number one. Thank God I did. Do, do you guys do you guys know if Sexy Boy Lance at at any point in his life ever had like a six pack or like, was, was he sexy? ever? Yeah, like was he ever in any way attractive? <laughs> See, that's like a weird thing, and I fucking hate it because we get fucking students that come in all the time, and they're like not attractive at all, and they're like, I'm gonna call myself Sexy Boy Peter. <laughs> you know because I'm not I'm not sexy you get it it's ironic and I'm gonna get so much heat because I'm like I'm so pretty but I'm not you see how that's gonna anger people I go oh yeah I know because people have been doing it for 30 fucking years and I'm the only one that's mad right now yeah. oh, so, so that was that didn't that's make me point. mad it just made me confused yeah, yeah. So. Mm, the guys the guys do that from time to time like oh I'm gonna be ironic you know like oh, I call I'm, myself slim yeah, like like, right. like Zane, he's definitely looks like a guy that would say, I'm pretty boy Zane. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna be Slim Fittens. Yeah. It's gonna be my name. Yeah. Like that's that's, Hold on, right that's something that's now. done. Slim Fittens Zane Slim Riley. Fittens. <laughs> Do an old shoe shine gimmick. Scratch that. Yep. Good idea. Yep. <laughs> I apologize. Don, take all this out. Yeah, t- take all this out. Take all this out. <laughs> but uh also too with Ricky Morton's uh, incarceration, it happened right before like literally days before I was supposed to wrestle Ricky and I ended up as a replacement. They got Bobby Eaton. Robert. No, they got Bobby Eaton. Oh, that's even better. Oh, especially because I love Bobby Eaton far more than I love Ricky Morton. Bobby Eaton is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Yeah. And I know him. And in this moment in time, I only knew him from being blue blood. Mm -hmm. Sir Robert Earl of Eaton. <laughs> and I got to wrestle Bob Eaton, and it's on my DVD set, which is available at howdothisgetbooked.com in the merch section. <laughs> it's actually the first match that's on there. Ah. So it, 
it, that match was meant a lot to me, and it wouldn't have happened if Ricky wouldn't have got locked up. Yeah. So thanks, Ricky. Thanks, Ricky. And, and we also did this thing where we had this one of this student dress up like Ricky Morton. He came out, and I just gave him a punch, and he took a, fell down, and I pinned him, and like made it made a joke and all that stuff, and then and then got then we brought Bobby out, whatever. But uh, anyways. That's that with that. Is Ricky currently in jail while this show is happening? Yes. Okay. We wanted to do, and part of the thing is we, we gave the money. <laughs> at the prison. Yeah, we wanted to do an interview with him at the prison. Ah. We were going to do a shoot interview with him behind bars. Oh, that's cool. That was what we were trying to like give more money towards so we can get, because we paid for the rights for this show, and then we also paid to do a shoot interview with him, and we were trying to do it in the prison, but we it was going to be a bigger headache than possible, so we did it as soon as he was released, and... I was in charge of filming that interview and asking all the questions. And in that time you had to like the, the, it had to be at least 90 minutes for a shoot interview, bare minimum 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. So for high spots or? For, for high spots. Yes. And I sat down with Ricky and he gave me 42 minutes and allegedly I think he faked some tears yeah, yeah, yeah. and then walked off the set. Did he break out of prison? <laughs> he said he couldn't do it in prison. So he uh, <laughs> he walked, he squirted some tears, walked, and as soon as he got behind the camera, he goes, was that good? Wow. <laughs> you were like, yeah, wow. if this was 50 minutes from now, it'd yeah. be great. <laughs> I was like, no, that was half of what we wanted. So it, that's never seen the light of day. Uh, I may, now that we have the network and we have the ability to release short stuff like that, I may just release that. Just see what for, happens. I love Ricky. Yeah, but I, I did, do too. I, I but yeah. I but I but I I told him ahead of time that we had to do an hour and a half, and I had a whole list of questions. But he just I asked a question. He went off on a tangent. He told an emotional story. Um, he started crying and then just walked off. And then as soon as he got behind the camera, he was like completely fine and not emotional <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, that's just truth. That's gonna bring him in, brother. That's just. That's just truth. It's just uh, what happened. I still love the man, but I felt that was uh, yeah. not how, fair to me. How was the acting? Did you think it was like legitimate? I was a little taken aback. Like I don't know. What's going on. Oh my gosh! Like he, is he really? It's one of those things you don't really know because it kind of really came, crying right now. Yeah, because it came really much out of nowhere. Because he ramped up to an emotion, oh, and okay. then he he fucking like got to a place that was very like a high point. But he's like, wow, that was real fast that we got to this level mm-hmm. of emotion, and then he just walked off. I'm like, wow, maybe this is. Maybe I hit a nerve somewhere, and then he's like, "Nope, I'm fine." <laughs> yeah. Cut, print. Yeah, so I was like, "Sell that on your little DVD store." Yeah, uh, never did. <laughs> I mean, and Michael, and I only bring it up because Michael yelled at me for it. Yeah, it wasn't my fault, but I got yelled at for it. What did he expect you to do, Ricky? Sit your fucking ass down. Yeah, I, I talked for fifty more minutes. I told him we need to we need to finish the rest of this, and he said, "Nope, that's it." Huh. All right. So um, I don't mind telling him because uh, I got yelled at. Yeah. My, at my fucking job because of this and I told him what we expected and my boss uh, expected more and I got fucking yelled at for it so I don't I don't feel bad that I'm sharing this yeah, Ricky <laughs> and, you're not and, listening and, and sharing this in a negative light but uh, you've been cool to me ever since yeah. and uh, you've been nothing but good and kind to me but uh, on that day that was a little unfair that was not that day that was not that day so, so but, if you feel like you owe me 50 more minutes interview Step up. And also, too, when we're speaking about shooter interviews, we were supposed to film a shooter interview with AJ Styles uh, for this event. And we were t- and I was, beforehand, before the show started, I was uh, fucking told by my boss that I have to go find a place where we can film 
a shoot interview with AJ Styles in this flea market, which is open. <laughs> and so you could hear the music from across the hall and there was like no place to, they were quiet to film. And I was just getting yelled at. And then like, I started yelling at other people and then people were like, why are you yelling? Jack? Cause I'm getting yelled at. And like, is that why they make reference to it in the show? Yep. Oh, so that was legit. You were legitimately just yelling. Because I was getting yelled at, so and like I was like, I'm trying to find a place, but I'm getting screamed at, and that's causing me to scream at people. Yeah. And everybody labels me as the angry one when <laughs> I'm the one being told by my boss that I'm a fuck up. Yeah. That's that's weird because I can't because I can't find a room in an in open in a f- open flea market shed. I can't find some place that has fucking four walls in it because the only four walls that are exist are the ones that are encased this entire open area. <laughs> so I, I legitimately thought that they were like trying to play you up as like the bad guy yeah, in too. the match. Nope. And, and I, I thought it was weird because like the, the things that they were complaining about, it's like, Oh, like he's yelling at a camera person or whatever. And I was just like, that's a weird way to try to make someone a bad guy. <laughs> like, like you're giving me one side of the story. Like what did the camera guy do? <laughs> Well, like, fucking Dory was the worst camera guy ever, my, so... Well. Mine was like, why is he just yelling at fans? Like, why is he just yell- yelling at, like, camera people, not really the fans? Maybe you should yell at them, get them in this match some. Yeah, nope, well, it doesn't matter. They weren't into any match. Definitely a match one, which we kind of... There's a shit ton of people there, though, on that one side. I don't yeah, know what the other sides were. Early in the show, there were. But by the end, there <laughs> weren't. Hour seven, there. Mm, gotta go. So, so even, like, diehard wrestling fans were like, I'm out. Yeah. Well, you see, like, on the hard camera, there's multiple times where there's, like, multiple, like, dozens of people just walking mm-hmm. back and forth, wandering around, like, just nobody sitting down watching the show, um, you know, but after you see the first match in here, I mean, clip, we move right through, then we get to match number two. Uh, who's who of 2019 wrestling? Which is, I find it funny, because match number two, it consists of Team UWA, which yeah. is the promotion that is putting on the show, versus Team ACPW. And Team UWA consists of Rick Cavanaugh, Rick Cavana, CM Sigmund, The Boss, and Mike Ogle. And then Team ACPW has Charlie Dreamer, the virtual high spots employee, Zane Dawson, Trey G, and Casey McKnight, who would go on to be Scott Dawson, who Apparently. just performed at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And the ma- he performed on WrestleMania the match before AJ Styles, <laughs> which he did on this particular show on this particular match. Cause match number three is AJ Styles versus Shannon Moore. There you go. That's think about that. That what just happened. Like as we're recording this WrestleMania just happened this past Sunday, this past Sunday, Scott Dawson had the match right before AJ Styles at <laughs> Russell fucking mania. That did that happened the same way 13 years prior. Yeah. And then 13, 13- Years prior, they were both wrestling in a flea market. Mm-hmm. So th- this is like one of the few times where the sequel's better than the original. Definitely <laughs> sequel's better than the original. For sure. Both were about seven hours long, though. Yes. So, uh, but of course, uh, unfortunately, Casey McKnight and Scott Dawson had to do the job this night. Nah. And what what is worse, Zane? Uh, doing the job in Alcoa, Tennessee to the boss or doing the job to Kurt Hawkins at WrestleMania? Mm. I mean, Kurt Hawkins is on like a 262-match losing streak. So, uh, we'll go with Kurt Hawkins. 
Yeah, I'm gonna go with Karagan too. Because <laughs> I think the boss is a better worker. <laughs> <laughs> boss never tried to go to the Fed, put a gimmick out that uh, wasn't his. Yeah, uh, quote me on that. Unlike when the commentators say uh, this guy's name and don't quote me on that. Yeah, which is my favorite one is they talk about uh, Sigmund, mm-hmm. who is uh, Sigmund now, and but he called it, he was C M Sigmund. Mm-hmm. So I messaged him the other day and gave him shit about it. Oh, so this is that is that, that is, is that Sigmund. That is that Sigmund. Yes. Okay. So I mentioned him was like uh, from the he, Heat Seekers. From the Heat Seekers, uh, great, great uh, tag team out of Tennessee. Also, yeah. Um, messaged him earlier. He's like, "Hey man, he's talking about doing a he's doing a seminar today, and they have a show tonight." Um, he's like, "Hey man, I can't be at your seminar, but don't worry, I'm learning a lot about you right now." CM Sigmund, and I started UWA, UWA. He goes, "I remember that night." He tells me a little something about it, nothing important. And he goes, uh, "He goes, yeah." He goes, "CM was just my shoot name," and I was like, "Wait." Your shoot name's uh, Chick Magnet? I'm trying to make this joke, and it goes like way over his head. <laughs> it's weird because his head's so fucking large. He's like, nah, man, he told me your shoot name. I was like, god damn it, I know what your fucking shoot name is. That's not what I was going for. No. Whatever. Whatever. I'm out. No. But yeah, that's Sigmund. That's him. So let's just let's clip on and move on to that show yeah. three. I mean, that just had, that was done in just a second. Yeah. Like, Casey McKnight in there for 20 minutes, and then Zane Dawson chops the shit out of Sigmund. Yeah. That's all, yeah. Same thing happened 13 years later there, too. Exactly. Um, match number three, as I mentioned, is AJ Styles uh, taking on Shannon Moore with Lollipop in his corner. So Sh- Shannon Shannon Moore, like his nickname in the match, or I guess in general, was Prince of Punk. Yes. How, how, old, how old was he at the time? Because he didn't look... He didn't look Prince aged? Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand why he didn't just go by King of Punk. <laughs> Like, just, well, he didn't want to have that many responsibilities yeah. in the world of punk. So, right. like, he's allowed to be a prince of punk. Ian McKay was already doing his thing. You know, Blink Way 2 would have been real hot. He didn't really take all the reins. Yeah. And I, he's also a big fan of alliteration, too. Yeah. So, oh, okay. That, that, that's like a big thing. But also, too, the the commentator, we, we, we glaze over this. Uh, one of the commentators for most of the matches is our good friend. Mm hmm. Very, very good friend. Very good friend. Rob, Rob O'Connor, who is, uh, was an intern at High Spots during this time. And uh, he, he makes appearances at, at Russell Khan's. Mm-hmm. And he's always... He doesn't do shit, but he, he doesn't he do shit. But he, he solely comes to be people's best friends. Yeah. And he's and just, just... talk to you while you do stuff. Because he's got a million lines. Yeah. And he has some doozies mm-hmm. in this entire show. Kills it. Kills it. If... As we've mentioned before, some of the wrestling on here is not all that great. But the commentary <laughs> that fucking Bob Connor does <laughs> is worth a watch. Like, it is worth watching this entire release. Also, to seeing, like, it's it's a weird, weird time capsule. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, because of the Scott Dawson and AJ Styles thing. But also, too, Bob Connor's commentary is fucking unbelievable. With lines such as this. Yeah. That, uh... Lollipop is playing the Nancy to Shannon's Sid tonight. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Sid Udi. <laughs> <laughs> How you work in a Sid and Nancy <laughs> reference with a psycho Sid reference? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I just, un, un, that is, that is some next level commentary shit. I'm just saying. AEW, I knew you got Excalibur, but I'm just saying, look at Bob Connor. But uh, this is probably the best match on the entire show. Miguel, what'd you think of it? 
So uh, what, one thing that really stood out to me was uh, Lollipop. Like, because yeah, it the, yes, so it did. did for the referee as well. The, he, <laughs> he had to shoot Woody, and I am mad that I didn't keep in the shot where you can clearly see his fucking heart on. Hit him with a bone. I was trying to give him some respect, but now as we sit here 13 years later, I'm like, no, I should have left in the shot of him with full wood. Wow. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, I was I was more distracted by like the commentary uh, of, of, about her because I, I didn't really see her as like doing anything really sexual. Like her name was Lollipop, so she was sucking on Lollipop, but she wasn't doing it in like a provocatively sexual way. So I I just found the commentary kind of out of place. I'm gonna tell you a little. I'm gonna say a statement, and I don't want you to think that reflects on me as a person. It was a different time back then. No, I mean, <laughs> no, you were one hundred percent correct. She, she, she was, she was attractive, but it was just kind of like, it, it felt kind of like she'd been lollipop for a few <laughs> years. This is probably like the three hundred sixty fifth lollipop yeah. that she's been sucking on. She was she's got tired. Diabetes. Like the most fun that she had was when when she was actually in the ring. Like that's when she perked up. But anywhere outside the ring, she just kind of seemed bored. I'm on board. I I agree. Yeah. But they're definitely going to talk because they're definitely going to sexualize her in any way they possibly can because at the time, that was just what was super hot in wrestling to do. Yeah, because also, too, like... We're when, shitty people. When, well, <laughs> also, too, like... Not, not to try to defend it in a way, but maybe more explain it, is the fact that women in wrestling, uh, there were so few of them and as few and far between, and it, when you had an attractive woman mm. interjected in an extremely heavily male dominated field. It was like, what's this beautiful woman doing here? You know, it was just like, it'd be like doing a USO show (laughs) with just as many military men as possible. (laughs) And a a few, just a few service women. Like we're talking like the ratio is like probably 57 to one Mm. female. And then let's just bring in, Pam Anderson. Yeah. Are these men going to act like normal fucking individuals? And most certainly not. Are they going to act like gentlemen? Most certainly (laughs) fucking not. Are they going to act like decent human beings? Most certainly fucking not. They're going to ogle. They're going to make every comment possible. And that's (laughs) even if it doesn't, like doesn't make it doesn't fit. Like the idea that lollipop provided the opening. Wow, that's a real dirty line, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially in the context that he meant it. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it was a different time, and I'm glad we don't live in that time anymore because mm. I, I like. But I no, like, you're right. I mean, it, she wasn't was, doing shit. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was just bizarre to me. Like, if yeah. she had been like more sexual, then the commentary would be like, "Oh, that yeah. that makes sense. That's the character she's trying to play." But she just seemed bored. She's <laughs> just trying to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And that's why she kept hopping up for a queue way too yeah, soon. Yeah. So ah, I fucked up. Yeah. Ah, I fucked up again. Uh, I fucked up. Got it. Good. Got it. Did it. Match is good. Probably yeah. shows over here. Technically, <laughs> you could you could hit. He could shut it off because you know. Bob Connor, getting better. Bob Connor's got some good lines, but not as good as that fucking <laughs> Sid Vicious line <laughs> for sure. Um, but match number four definitely was going to come down anyways and unfortunately menace and charles long didn't bring it back up this i didn't know sure. menace had been around that long oh menace has been around even longer than he's, this uh, and he's still on shit today no menace he he was in czw oh yeah that in was, uh, 2003 no so he's he's been around forever ever. he's been around just as long as i have yeah so 
And we're both in the same exact spot. So yeah. <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> special got a surprise. Menace is our guest today. Oh shit. Hey, oh. you're Menace. Cool. Uh, let's move know. on to match number five, and it was to makes it like a third of the way yep. through <laughs> this fucking show. And we get there with a six man tag team match. Well, of course. With Casey Thunder. Yeah. James Storm. David Young taking on Stark. Um, Bobby Houston and Tracy Smothers <laughs> who Bobby Houston and Tracy Smothers. This was the match where we're like, holy shit. Bobby Houston looks just like the illegitimate son of Tracy Smothers. And they say that so many fucking times yeah. on commentary. And and Bobby Houston was actually a guy who I met in Springfield, Illinois. And I, I brought him here uh, to the high spot school because Michael liked what I brought to the table as an intern and hired me as an employee. And he goes, hey, do you know any more guys that know how to video edit and come in and kind of do what you do? Because I want more more guys like you. So I told him about Bobby, talked Bobby into coming here and moving here and living in the High Spots intern apartment. And he he moved out here and he flourished right away and um, got a lot of opportunities real fast because he was a tall, good-looking kid, knew what he was doing, some good fire. And then he had this tag match and he's standing next to Tracy Smothers. I'm like, holy shit, you guys look the same. <laughs> we booked Tracy Smothers to wrestle Bobby and he had this amazing match that went like 30 minutes with Tracy. <laughs> and then like in front of like the local crowd here, like, oh, Bobby Houston's a star, you know? And then Tracy really took a real shine to him. Like, hey, you know, I don't really want to, I don't have a lot, you know, don't want to tag with Chris Hamrick so much anymore because I, I got to do all of Chris's stuff or I just kind of want to just work a little bit where Bobby wants to work a little bit. So then they started um, tagging together, oh, that's cool. like taking him around and even Tracy, he'd been going over to the UK. He got Bobby Houston book on a UK Jeez. loop for like a, a few months. Like a camp? No, like for a fucking like loop, like at fucking like one PW and oh, okay. like good shows. And of course, Michael from High Spots is like, if you're gonna fucking go over and not make me any money in the office, you need to load up your suitcase full of merchandise and make money over there. <laughs> Which then, when he went through customs with all this stuff. They turned him right the fuck around. No, oh, man. I'd like throw it away. Just throw it all away. Throw yeah. it away. But all. But I. He uh, but still went to the UK, right? They sent him right back. They they let him stay for twenty four hours and then flew him back. Wow. Oh. So he missed out on all this opportunity to do a whole loop, and he was super depressed about it. But at the same, you know, not to fucking put all that on Michael, because all Bobby had to do was just go in a line and not declare anything. Yeah. And just roll the dice. Yeah. But he was, he went through the wrong. <laughs> Payoff would have been the same thing and he got caught or not. Yeah. So. But he, he, he basically, when they said, do you have anything to declare? And he goes, oh, I got a bunch of wrestling stuff in here. I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> like, he also almost missed his flight, connecting flight to DC to get to the UK because <laughs> they changed the, the, the gate on him and he wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so like it was, it was troubled from the beginning, but uh, it was not meant to be, it was not meant to be, but he had a, he had a very good opportunity at the time and it, it kind of stumbled a little bit, but this was the, the beginning of something that could have, and it's just the way that everything goes. Like I know there, there are guys on this show that could have in a different time. If they came up now, would have been far more successful. Yeah. And we'll get to him when we get to him. We'll point them out. But there's guys on the show like, no, no, no. He should have been a big thing. 
but just because of this time right here and wrestling the way it was, it just wasn't to be. And sometimes it's just luck like that. Like if Bobby would have just went through the right gate or said, I got nothing to declare, he could have gone through the UK, got a little steam going, and he could have been... Could have been Hangman Page. Yeah, he could have been. They look the could've, same. Exactly. Could have been, could have been the same exact thing. But here, this was the beginning of all of that. And he's going toe-to-toe with James Storm and David mm-hmm. Young and all those guys. and Looking good. Looking good. And, and everything's looking good. And, of course, we see a dick spot with James Storm because that's his fucking calling card. There it is. So, I love um, James Storm. What do you think about this six-man tag team match, Miguel? Uh, like, every, every tag team match that they had at this event was kind of a clusterfuck. <laughs> They all, Where, they all broke down there. Yeah. Well, yeah, and they, all, and they all probably were called in the rings. So you got guys coming in that don't know what's going on. Yeah. And, like, I, I don't think I ever really... Maybe once I saw someone actually get tagged. But for the most <laughs> part, people would just jump in whenever they felt like it. Also, too, the locker room is that little area where the hard camera is set on top of. And it mm. is the size of... It's not too much bigger than this room. Jesus. And 47 guys, so it's hard to go over stuff. Wow. With guys, so you're not feel like a call in the ring and you're going over to finish and you're kind of like rushed to get dressed, go out there and do it. So it's it's a little tough that So way. it just wasn't like pre-planned the choreography. Yeah, yeah. a lot a lot of that a lot of that was not in this. And like yeah. and also too, it's a benefit show. So like, oh, I'm just go there and do whatever. whatever. Just get out of here. So there was a lot of that going on. Get done, come back here, get your shit, get the fuck out of the locker room so we have room. Pretty much. So, anything to say about this before we move on? Yeah, I think this is like was it happened in the first one, but every multiple man tag team match ended in a schmoz and a the same finish, basically every single one. Yeah, yeah, it just it just and looked a like a mosh pit, yeah, at, like a metal show or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's crazy. a lot of things that are repeated over and over <laughs> again, and that's kind of the way independent wrestling is in Tennessee. Like, there's still <laughs> there's still things that they do at every single fucking yeah. show. And that's why I like NGW, yeah. uh, Next Generation Wrestling out of um, Tennessee. Isn't it? Tennessee, they are bringing guys like M Dog Twenty, Rick <laughs> Swan, and Shane Strickland. He was around and giving them high quality matches and guys doing something different and mm-hmm. thinking outside the box and bringing in people like Joey Ryan and like and people are getting behind it yeah. as opposed to the one bump fucking comebacks. <laughs> oh yeah, that those fucking people have seen for fucking decades. Make so, you work for it. Yep. So. You're going to be a little worked for it. Match number six, uh, Devin Drake we're and... We're only on six. Huh? So we're only on six. We're only on six, but we're trying to keep moving this as fast as possible as uh, Devin Drake and Robbie Race take on the Guerreros. The Guerreros look real fucking good. Let me let me tell you the story about the Guerreros. The Guerreros are also High Spots employees. The, not they, those Guerreros, right? Not, not those Guerreros, no. Um, the Guerreros were... Um, they were high spots interns. They came at the same. They, they basically came in the same time Bobby. Like I was in the Midwest picking up Bobby when the Guerreros um, got uh, full time status as interns mm-hmm. because I'd met the Guerreros before I left. Rob and Chris, these two kids from California, drove all the way from Los Angeles, California, and showed up to the high spots office on a Friday. The fact that we weren't on the road on a Friday was fucking rare. Yeah. Even at that time. Um, they showed up and they're just like, hey, we're here for the wrestling school. <laughs> they had no idea where they were going to sleep. They had no idea where they were going to live. They had no idea uh, how they were going to work and make money. They had all of their possessions in a car and they drove from Los Angeles, California 
to come train at the High Spots Wrestling School. And we looked right at him, and we're like, you're lucky that we're even in the office <laughs> at 4 o'clock on a Friday. And second of all, you drove past so many fucking wrestling schools <laughs> just to fucking get to this one? Probably just to get out of Los Angeles. I And I was kind enough to take them into the High Spots uh, intern apartment that night. They're like, all right, you guys can stay here for a couple of days and then kind of figure out what you're going to do. And then they kind of just went off, and then I didn't see him. And then I went back to Midwest to pick up Bobby. And while I was out there, Michael called me and said, hey, Rob and Chris, the guys that are here, they're going to be interns, and they're going to like pull orders and do stuff. But uh, Rob, the short one, he ended up getting a job at Bank of America. Mm-hmm. And so then it yeah, but they would go to George's training class mm-hmm. every Tuesday. Of course, Bobby was there. I was there. And George, he gives people nicknames. I was Bullet Jake Manning. That's why I'm always Bullet. And Bobby Houston, well, the reason why Bobby Houston was Bobby Houston because he looked like Sam Houston. Sam Houston, yeah. So that's why he got Bobby Houston. And, of course, anybody who's Mexican is Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Like, my, if George Huff walked in here, he would just be like, oh, I got a Guerrero in here. Miguel Guerrero. So, oh, man. That's I got a wrestling name. That's there you so go. Cool. Welcome. There you go. If you want me to introduce you as Guerrero instead of your last name and have me not fuck it up, I'll get Guerrero right yeah. tonight on stage. I'll call you. That. Yeah, because that's every Mexican wrestler's name. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Miguel Guerrero, ladies and gentlemen. Adios. That's dope. So I could most certainly do that, dude. That's a really compelling story, though. If they had become successful, that that's like an Oscar-winning movie. I but think much much like everything in professional wrestling. Um, they were they were a really good team. Mm-hmm. They had good chemistry together. I think Rob was definitely the star of the group. Like mm-hmm. he had a good look, and he could do. Was some, he the bigger one? No, he was the, the small, shorter, he was the shorter one. But he could also do some athletic stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, Chris, he was definitely the bruiser, and he he had great ideas, and he kind of had the drive. Something happened with um, Rob's heart. Like he mm-hmm. had a murmur, and he probably still could have wrestled with it. Obviously he'd have to manipulate mm-hmm. with the things that he did or monitored a little bit more, but he's like, Nope, I got something wrong with my heart. I'm done. And we got one life. Yeah. And, and I don't blame him for yeah, that. No shit. But you know, he, he, I mean, MVP's got a bad heart and he, <laughs> he makes that work. Yeah. And you know, he's wrestling for new Japan, but, he, but he's just like, no nah, heart murmur. I'm not going to do it. I'm like, all right, well, okay. And then like, Chris was just like, fuck, man, we drove all the way across the country, and then you just give up on your dream, and then I'm here. And then as a tag team, they were they were really good together, mm-hmm. and they were starting to get some more bookings. And also, too, me and Bobby were here, and we had a little more experience than Chris and Rob. So we're like – and we were watching, like, the Naturals and AMW have these really great matches, and they had this match that they did, like, all the time in front of people. And I'm like, man, we need to develop, like, like a match. Yeah, we need to do something like that, like me and – like Bobby, you know, against like the the Guerreros, and we'll put together a match. We started we started building it, we started building something together, and so we make the Guerreros look awesome, and we look like the big heels, and, mm-hmm. and this we had matching gear, and we were we were we were piecing it all together, and then that kind of fell apart that way. But like we, it was like us four, we were traveling everywhere. I'm like just, just put us on first. So there's a lot of like like random shows in this Mid Atlantic area where it was like me and Bobby Houston versus the Guerreros, and we were just like trying to piece together this match and then Rob's heart thing came up and then it just came like, you know, Chris kind of lost heart and he stopped trying and just kind of drifted off and stopped going to the training and then he drifted off and then Rob drifts off and then Bobby drifted off (laughs) because everything that happened and just like I had a crew of guys that were my friends, you know, and I just kind of flashed back to all that and I was like, man, 
I remember when we all were like, we were like brothers, man. And we all lived in the same house together and we we're all friends and we all had the same dream. And then now you're on podcast. People woke up. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hearts, man. Always yeah. ruining things. But, but, but it's, but it's, but it's, it's funny. Cause it's like, you know, as soon as you stop pedaling that bicycle, mm-hmm. you don't get back on. Mm-mm. So. Die, yeah. start swimming. I was real deep for just yeah. a match that got clipped. I was, <laughs> I was gonna be like, man, when they did that little front slam leg drop combo, that was real cool. <laughs> I tr- I tried to do that grizzly redwood, but I just didn't have the stability in my knees. Yeah. So even then, before my torn ACL. <laughs> <laughs> match number seven is a Divas le- uh, Lumberjack match with Nadia taking on Haley Hatred, who may or may not have been murdered by the Yakuza. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Wow. That is the that is the rumor going around because nobody has found Haley Hatred in years, and Jessica Habit is quick to tell everybody that she was murdered by the Yakuza or Yakuza, however you would like to pronounce it. <laughs> Your call. Your call. A or B. So keep that in mind. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, I hope she's still alive. She. Yar, call in. <laughs> yeah. Haley Hatred, holler at your boy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, why, why do they call them lumberjack matches? Because, because pe- people are on the ring and they throw them back in. Oh, okay, cool. Like a I lumberjack like how, fight I, circle. I like okay that. See, I like how I ex- I gave him an explanation that made no fucking sense, <laughs> and then you came in with something that did make sense, and I was like, nah, fuck you, Zane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, I, I I love the fact that you gave that like kind of vague explanation. He's like, oh yeah, okay, that it makes perfect sense. I, I said it. Yeah, with, because because it's all about conviction. Conviction. Yeah, all <laughs> about, about conviction. That. That's for sure. Conviction and roll bags. Exactly. Yeah, but there was like a lot of commentary about just oh, if lumberjacks look yeah. like that, they'd be a lot more wood in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Love the the fat fucks were the worst. Mm-hmm. They both the managers. Oh, Mister Terrific is the worst. Oh man, he is a I, dead now. I hope. Uh, yeah, from the yakuza or the yakuza or, or yakuza son. Yes, I hope so. No, he <laughs> used to he used to book guys. He used to book Greg Valentine all the time, and then people would call him on the phone as he's sitting there next to Greg Valentine, at like an autograph appearance, and he pick up the phone and be like, "Hey man, I'm just doing good. I'm sitting next to Greg Valentine." Like, just drop Greg Valentine's name yeah, yeah, yeah. to make him sound more whatever. It's more important than he is. Yeah, but um, this is women's wrestling in 2006. My old way it's come. Thank God it has come where it has come. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy that, like, 2006 wrestling was, like, 1950s advertising. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Like, it... <laughs> we have come leaps and bounds and we have so much further to go mm-hmm. especially if i if the rumor that i heard about the reason they put the two belts on becky lynch is because fox doesn't want any women's wrestling on their mm. fox show why not that's that was uh something that i heard in passing oh man which i don't think is true i hope is not true and uh, that would be real shitty you sign this fox deal and they're like no we don't want women fighting each no other. chicks no chicks fighting each other so uh, they're like, well, we're going to have female wrestling only on Raw. Mm. That would be pretty fucking That'd shitty. Awful, especially since there's such a large talent pool. Yeah. Um, but that's allegedly as well. Allegedly. Allegedly as Don't well. Don't hit us up, yeah. Dick Eversall. Oh, Dick, it'd be Fox. Uh, oh, uh, Rupert Murdoch. Either way, don't hit us Rupert up. Rupert Murdoch hit me the fuck up. <laughs> I got some things to talk I, about. Listen, I got to talk some things. You're Australian, so I got a thing or two <laughs> to say to you, motherfucker. A thing or two to say to you. But yeah, this is... Um, the only good part of this match was how she spelled Nadia and how they said it. It's just very clever. 
Other than that, this was pure shit, guys. And I, I really wanted to like it. What the fuck? But see, this is the thing. Like, promoters were happy with putting up yeah. this. Just two girls in there. This quality of women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. And it was because of this poor quality that when you met someone like a Sarah Del Rey or, you know, like, uh, I'm trying to think of some other other, other women that I ran across. Oh, Alice in Danger. Mm-hmm. At, at this time, or a Sojo Bolt, or Daisy Hayes, or, a, or any number of women that are wrestling for IWM Mid South in that area, or Mercedes Martinez, yeah. uh, any woman, cheerleader Melissa. Anytime you ran across those type of women that took it seriously, consider themselves athletes, you kind of like, like, oh no, this is this is what it should be. Mm-hmm. No, 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 those girls aren't one of us. Yeah, you girls. You know, you girls Naughty. are one of us. You come over here. You no, know, you girls, you girls are one of us. Those girls, no, 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 no. The Mercedes, the Sarah Del Rey's, Allison Dangers, Daisy Hayes. No, you, you girls are one of us. Yeah. You, you're welcome to be with us. We'll, we'll, this is the women. You know, we, we'll accept this. Yeah. But when it's just like, oh, this girl knows how to do a couple things. This girl knows Stratisfaction. <laughs> I'm about to say what you're finished. Stratisfaction. Yeah. Stratisfaction, and you just put. She's the, she works the concession stand. She knows how to do Stratisfaction. Just put it out there and give her a payday and give her yeah. a match. Yeah, that's why they were a lot, you know. Men, men cause as much damage and and pushed it back as far as possible, even even when they when they thought they were being more progressive than what yeah. they actually were. So glad we're past it. Yeah. So because here soon we do get a, pre- a progressive moment. Uh, we do, and we'll, we'll get to we'll that. Get but there. we gotta we gotta talk. Gotta about, go somewhere else first. We've gotta go to the outhouse for match Brother. number eight, where we see Doctor Tom Pritchard taking on Jeff Anderson. I actually had a good feud with Jeff Anderson. Yeah, he looks like he could be good. Let me tell you the story behind him, real, real fast, real, real brief. Uh, Casey Thunder, who was in the, yeah, the yeah. tag with Bobby Houston, he started running shows up around the Asheville area. Mm-hmm. He had a little school and a little training thing, and he wanted to run some shows. And you know, he asked me, Caleb, and Cedric, like, "Hey, you guys want to come up and wrestle on Sundays?" Yeah, sure, we'll come up. And and, and Mike Lee also too was wrestling. Mm-hmm. So we all fours would come up, wrestle whatever students he had or any of the other guys there, and we would do it for like. You know, twenty bucks or yeah. thirty, whatever it was. Then, as long as we had enough money to go buy, like the like get a buffet on the way back 20. home, yeah, or so two for twenty yeah. or something like that, we were happy. Yeah. And so he was just making up the cards when we got there, and he was parsing people out. And then all of a sudden, like he had good matches. Then all of a sudden, he just like he looked at me and looked at Jeff Anderson. I'm like, you guys, unless he left, I've paired everybody up. Why don't you two wrestle each other? And I mean, Jeff were like, okay, well, who who wants to be the heel? Who wants to be the baby? And it's just like, he goes, and I was like, well, I'm normally the heel all the time. And Jeff's like, yeah, I'm, I'm the heel all the time too. And I'm also older. It's going to be tough for them. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really know. And I'm like, why don't we just go out there and see what the fuck happens? Mm-hmm. And we just called it out there. And then it was like very clear people got behind me right away. And then all of a sudden we're like, okay, well, I'll be the baby. And he's like, okay, well, I'll call and let me know if you want anything. And we're like, we're calling all this on the fly. Mm-hmm. We do a whole match on the fly. And somehow it gets over. Like, like nobody really cared that much about all because it was like the first show and mm-hmm. people didn't know how to take it and it was like in a strip mall. But we started wrestling and people like really got behind what we were doing and had good chemistry with them. And I get to the back, I'm like, I want to wrestle this guy some more. So then we started doing like this feud and I was going up there every Sunday and we were building to this big show and we were going to do this bull rope match and we were going to run like the Asheville Fairgrounds. <laughs> and like Casey, like all the shows were getting better and we were a major part of the show. And then he ran a building that could hold a couple hundred people because this little studio in Asheville could only hold like... 
50 or 80 people, but it was growing slowly over time. So like, oh, let's go to some place where we can get like 200, 300 people in it. Mm-hmm. And then fucking 12 people showed up. Oh. And if I can just fucking... You put the company under. Yeah, we put the company under. So I was, funny you mentioned Casey Thunder, that whole situation. I never worked for him. I was going to go work for him one time, and I got into a wreck on the way. Oof. And the, he shut his company down the very next show. Yeah. He, so there would have been an earlier time where our paths would have crossed as well. Yeah. Like it was... Um, I remember that. I remember Jeff Anderson. And I don't know if I would recognize him on the street mm-hmm. today, but if if he's like, hey, it's me, Jeff Anderson, I would give him the biggest goddamn mm-hmm. hug. No, because I had such fun with you. I, well, I had been a baby face before this, but this was like my first time like really understanding the nuances of the baby yeah. face. And it was because of Jeff mm-hmm. that I, I was able to explore the nuances that I, I use today. So I learned a lot from wrestling him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dr. Tom, he's the trainer of Kurt Angle and The Rock. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is, and they just put him in a street fight. Yep. <laughs> Where it ends with them uh, putting the other guy in an outhouse and covering himself on pudding. Uh, so, yeah. What? So there was you no there, actual shit. Yeah, there was no actual shit. In the, like, I never no, saw no, no, no. anyone go into that outhouse to, like, I poop. didn't see the outhouse there until it was time for that fight. Yeah. I never noticed it. it. It was only when O'Connor referred to it as, like, I'm not sure if this is an outhouse or the right feel fence of the Metrodome <laughs> in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, honestly, this this was personally my favorite match. Yeah. Really? Only, yeah. Because I, I loved how... Uh, <laughs> how that one guy set the tennis racket uh-huh. on fire <laughs> and just hit him in the back with it. Like that was the most exciting thing to happen the whole show. For me. Like, holy shit, there's fire and blood. That's amazing. <laughs> Take that was back a, to Mexico. That was the peak of, of the event for me. Well, <laughs> this is right before intermission. Yeah. Just let you know. On the show. I remember so had to clean that match. That yes, that I, I remember this being right where they took intermission. Yeah. Eight matches in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so it was pudding instead of, like, shit. Like yeah, he just, it was definitely pudding. I remember that. They, what, was the blood real? Yeah, the blood oh, was real. blood was super fucking real. Oh, they barely acknowledged that he was covered in fake shit. Yeah. They, almost like he wasn't at all. They, they did not put that aspect over whatsoever. And you can see him, like, in the outhouse, like, putting the shit on him. And, like, he's going, he's trying to make it look real good. And they don't give him the time of fucking day about it. Well, it's weird that there would have been shit in an outhouse that nobody used. Nobody used that outhouse. We just assumed that everybody used it. Yeah. Everybody, before everybody got here, we all shit in here. I like that they constructed four walls in the middle because there was no four walls anywhere in there. I looked for a private room to film a shooting interview. You should have filmed that interview with AJ Styles in that outhouse. Yeah. Well, it was either there or the fucking locker room. Those are the two (laughs) options where there's only like walls. Imagine trying to find someplace with four walls on a fucking football field. That's what it was like. But that match happened. You guys it enjoyed did. it. I liked no, it. It, it was, was good. It's fun to watch. I like. I really compared to everything else on here. It was a goddamn masterpiece. I fucking. I fucking love both men in the match. Yeah. So, uh, match number nine. The only person I love in this particular match is Jay Steele <laughs> and a, and Sean Cruz. They are from ACPW. Everybody else, uh, I don't know except for Gypsy Joe. Is that Gypsy Joe match. Uh, yeah, Gypsy Joe. This four way tag is I, the really I, fat guy in there. Stephen Fry. You, you no, would, okay. no, no, that, that's Angus. That's definitely not Stephen Fry. Okay, no. Um, this match happened. Clip. Uh, love Jay Steele, but just looking at the, this match, I was like, "Yep, none of these guys voted for Hillary." Yeah. Whether <laughs> they voted, Joe. What, what, Mainly because uh, he can't vote, but 
whether they voted for Trump or not, neither here nor there. I guarantee none of these guys voted for Hillary. Yeah. They might have left that part blank on their ballot. Definitely Gypsy Joe didn't vote. So, to see what one of us. Yeah, what? Uh, match number 10. <sighs> Intergender. Shane here, here Matthews. Here we are, progressiveness. Shane Matthews taking on Crystal White. What the fuck ever happened to her? Oh, she's still around, brother. She's smoking in this. Mm-hmm. And you should check out her Instagram, at Urban Heiress. Um, I, I looked it up. Thank you. Um, I you, I better, oh, yeah. I don't get you don't get a lot of good signal here in the Manning Cave because we're so deep down in the ground. But mm-hmm. yeah, but uh, I leave. Look up at Urban Eris. Uh-huh. Uh, she is still, still go Hawks. Go fucking go. What was the other team? Cyclones. Go Cyclones. That that was that was actually like a pretty well choreographed match, like compared to like everything else that was kind of a shit show. Uh, but I wish there was more fire and blood. <laughs> That's your one critique. Okay. More yeah. fire. The blood more, can be more questionable fu- depending on location, yeah. location, location. Location. Exactly. Uh, I remember Michael Highspots, my owner, uh, owner of Highspots. Your owner. You got my, it right. My, yeah, my owner. I, 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 I know what I said. Yeah. Say what I said. <laughs> he loved this match, and yeah. he's, he's he's just like Shane Matthews is the best. He and and he also loved Crystal and booked her on like the Dangerous Divas mm-hmm. and like booked her. To wrestle like Tracy Brooks. <laughs> but really, Crystal is one of those girls that just got thrown to the wolves, like knew just enough. Mm-hmm. Like all of these moves that she did with Shane, Shane showed her beforehand. <laughs> so literally, she's just going through the little bit that she knows. I think like, she starts off has like a really cool head scissors or whatever, like some real, real nice flip move. Like, yeah. look real good. But, she when, you, crisp as but when you put her against like the Christy Ricci's uh. and the ODB's. Um, and even the Amber O'Neills, it got exposed very, very early, very fast. And like because of this match, like Michael, was like oh, she's Crystal White, and I, there was a little bit of uh, resentment against her because I think she had done porn at this time. Good and, on her. And so, like a lot of these uh, female wrestlers that took it very seriously were just saying, oh, she's just trying to get in the back door. Guess it's that. Yeah. We're we're around the diva search era, yeah. or we're close to it, and, and and a lot of these girls that are like, oh, I did some modeling. Oh, you want a WWE contract? Yeah. Or like, hey, I've been wrestling in Japan for the last three years. I've been wrestling all over the United States. Get the fuck out of here, yeah. tomboy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like that's that's kind of what she fell into. Mm. Uh, so like maybe in a, if she would have came around two years later, like her wrestling career might have been a bit more successful because yeah. it would have been right in that sweet spot of the divas era. Um, or also too, if she would have came around now, it might've mm. been a little bit more accepting. You're yeah. like, I'll come in. We'll, we'll really show you how to wrestle as opposed to, Oh, you know, we'll show you how to get through this. You, yeah. We'll show you how to get through this. Cause we just want women on the show. Yeah. Cause we do not do a strash faction. Come on. Yeah. You know, so it, sometimes it's not always their fault. So, but, um, she handled it. And mm-hmm. I like that. Even though it's a man versus a woman and there's just that natural heat anyways, Shane still feels like he needs a manager who mm-hmm. is named The Terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, you know what we totally skipped over? Why, in the... why was he named The Terrorist? Was was he Because he just wanted heat, brother. Because he had a little bit of a tan and they're like, close enough. <laughs> wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> Earlier when I told you the yeah, tan cause... fat looks better than pale fat. 
well, this white fat guy over I, here. I kept hearing them call him uh, the terrorist or whatever, and I kept looking for like someone Go on. just dressed like a terrorist, and there was like no one. There was just this dude. But it's like you need to get the crowd more mad at you other than beating up a woman. Yeah. Like, I need to have a manager named the fucking terrorist. Yeah. All right. Uh, in the uh, Your Buddy and Dr. Tom match. Yes. He had a manager that we didn't even talk about. Oh, there's a lot of matches where they had managers where we haven't talked. We have glazed over at least eight managers. Yeah, but none of them were wrapped in pink boas and had pink fucking canes and a furry hat. Touche. Who was he? I don't fucking know. Man, that guy, like, everything that I hate about uh, the gay stereotype wrestler, like the, the what a straight man feels a gay wrestler is and how they portray it, he was everything. And I fucking hated it. And he like, didn't really do anything. At first, I thought it was a girl halfway through. And I was like, wait, yeah, that girl's you, not wearing a shirt. You just see like a bunch of pink. Pink and long blonde yeah. hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you see the front. I'm like, wait, either that girl's got no tits and no shirt on, or that's a dude. Oh, it's a dude. And then all of a sudden, you get closer. Like, Holy shit, it's Caleb Conley. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whatever. Oh, oh no. Because <laughs> we've talked before. Yeah. Is that many, many a time, yeah. uh, the attractiveness of Caleb Conley. Yeah, yeah, Thanks, yeah, thankfully, he's got the alt-right haircut now. Yeah. Because when he was <laughs> Antifa wrong, haircut. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is the Antifa yeah, haircut? Yeah, we're going Antifa right now. Okay, all right. I'll still go with right. Right side of history, buddy. Come on. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we just took Liz over that, and I was just, oh, fucking hate it. And I had to make sure that I got to say that heterosexual man doing uh, gay gimmick is fucking horrid. Yeah, it, when he's like, hey, I know it's really going to piss these people off if I'm a gay guy. Yeah. What should I wear? Boas, rainbows, like, pink. The most over-the-top thing ever. Mm-hmm. And I, listen, George South at times has not been on the right side of history. <laughs> at times. But he was a ahead of the curve on that whole gay guy getting heat gimmick is dumb. Yeah. He's just like, ow. What do you mean? You're just going to act gay and get people mad at you? That's the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> people are going to see a guy acting gay and be like, he's just acting like my neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, <laughs> that's dumb. Don't yeah. be don't be dumb like that. <laughs> and he was saying that years ago. Yeah. Almost almost a decade ago. Yeah. Like, he's really ahead of the curve on that one, George. You know, like... It, what he was saying is he just doesn't like his neighbor. Yeah, that's what he was saying. That's what he was saying. But, like, five years ago, we were still seeing yeah. the fucking gay stereotype yeah. in indie yeah. wrestling. You, know, you still get it now, like, in, in mid-Atlantic southern areas, it's real heavy still. Still. Yeah. We gotta be better, guys. Yeah, we gotta are, be better. Are there any famous, like, actually gay wrestlers? Like... Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Uh, and then, so like one of the, like right currently one of the most, uh, two of the most well-known homosexual wrestlers, one is fucking just a massive monster of a man with a huge beard, just like he's going to fuck everybody up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paro. Yeah. And, Paro. And, and, and he plays it straight. Like he's not yeah. like, oh, I'm, he's just like, no, I, mm. I like to have sex with men yeah. and I will whoop and your I'm fucking fuck ass. And I'm going to fuck you up in this match. Yeah. It's like it's very much in passing. Like, yeah. you know, oh, by the way, I, I have a lo- wonderful relationship yeah. with a man and yeah. you're very close and love him. By the way, this Saturday, I'm going to fucking murder <laughs> yeah. you. Like, he's the nicest fucking dude. And then there's like a dude named Effie who is a little bit more flamboyant, but it's not like this brash over the top. Like he's not primitive and prissing around. And mm-hmm. like the way that, that they show like the old nonces and stereotypes or not stereotypes, but the nonces in like. Uh, body movements and stuff that like the heterosexual male would do in a homosexual gimmick. Oh, worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, Killian Murphy is another dude who's just comes out in like a collegiate wrestler like coat and mm-hmm. some trunks, 
just happens to be a gay man, but fuck you up too. Yeah, but and then you got uh, Jamie Senegal, mm-hmm. and it's like that use uh, uses sexuality to you know take it to a as the weapon almost. as the weapon, you know, and it's like they're same with Effie on that one. Too. Yeah, and, and yeah, me and Effie have had like we turned something around where you get the yay boo with the punches. Mm-hmm. We did a yay boo with like kissing each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To like, you know, oh, you, you think I'm going to be bothered by this? Yeah. Fuck you. No. <laughs> Give me them lips, Give me them fucking lips. I'm not a fucking afraid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that you, and, you, you think you're going to turn me off? Nope, not. Not at all. Me and Effie one time did uh, the fish out of water, like pin, mm-hmm. pin, 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 but they were all fuck position pins <laughs> in front of like eight people. <laughs> In Georgia, and I was like, uh, we were calling it. I was like, man, I'm fucking down with it. It sounds cool to me. Nobody here is gonna give a fuck, especially since there's nobody here. And he's like, now nah, we're doing. It. I was like, fuck right, we are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those eight people, they laugh, but that was the only people there. <laughs> yeah, just in that weird predicament. Yeah, you know? I'm like let's do it, brother. So, I mean, that would honestly make wrestling more interesting. Mm-hmm. Like if it, if every pin was just in like an awkward sex yeah. position. Well, in female wrestling, when I when I dated a, a female wrestler, she would always tell girls when she was training them, like you have to make sure you have to have a, a sexy pin in there. <laughs> There's one one pin that gets guys going, ooh, hold ooh, on, hold on now, what, what's going on here? You know, the sexy pin. <laughs> Where'd this come from? It's it it's it's an underused tool in female wrestling. It, it, I think it should be used in male wrestling too. I, just... <laughs> I I agree too. I I I'm all about doing some sexy pins myself. But uh, where we don't see a lot of sexy pins is in match number 11, where we see Shane Williams uh, and Cassidy Riley taking on Brad Thomas and Dylan Eaton. Uh, Brad Thomas was actually the guy that drove Ricky Morton around um, before this time of incarceration. Mm-hmm. incarceration. And after that happened, Brad kind of took over driving Bobby Eaton around. And both men kind of had a hand in help training Brad Thomas. So what kind of a pedigree Brad Thomas had to the fact that he had training from Ricky Morton and Bobby Eaton and this and road time and road time and still couldn't get a fucking job. <laughs> fucking Brad Thomas was amazing. If there's ever a guy that fucking the wrestling world missed the fuck out on and his talent and his ability was Brad Thomas. I've wrestled Brad before. Fucking we had we had a match where it's just like we had a, a cutoff. And a finish. And it was like, okay, go for a crossbody, I'll move. Finishes, you hit me the crossbody. And then we fucking went out and wrestled for 20 minutes. And yeah. it was fucking effortless. And he was fucking unbelievable. He was on point. He was on time. He was such a great baby face. Uh, just fucking so fucking good. I can't tell you how fucking good he was. And the fact that more people don't know who the fuck he is just is a fucking crime. <laughs> but more people know who Shane William is yeah. instead of fucking Brad Thomas. And that's criminal <laughs> nothing against shane yeah. i mean and shane go way back because i remember but I, d- I did extra talents with him so if you want to put him on your podcast right. extra talented i am running out of people for this weekend you know, I, th- I, think, I think i think shane also lives in north carolina well, now so you make might, the trip you might be able to make the trip but uh if you can tell me who's a, a better fucking wrestler it's brad thomas yeah. all day on fucking sunday especially in this match even with dylan eaton who's the son of bobby eaton mm-hmm. so let you know and raven for some reason that's that's uh, Cassie Riley. Cassie Riley, uh, yeah. He was the nat- what he, he was one of the natural. No, he was uh, old boy from the Naturals, buddy. He, him, and Chase. Chase, that's right. They were originally a tag team called the Hot Shots. That's what it was because I'd done shows with them on it. And then they split apart. Okay. And then uh, Chase started teaming with Andy Douglas, and they became the Naturals. There it is. So, 
I remember Cassie Riley from some of those shows. Though yeah. he was him and his good buddy. Uh, why is he doing this Raven gimmick? Uh, I got an interesting story about a show that I did for Cassidy Riley, uh, but I'm not going to tell it here because it's probably we, not place. I'll tell you later. Okay. Uh, Let's see if we work it back in down the road, guys. There'll, there'll be another show that we do that Cassidy Riley will be on yeah. and that's, that doesn't have 15 matches on it. Yeah. And we're only... And he had to get out of here in like 10 minutes. We're yes. on match 12. Yeah, we're in match number 12, which is Stroh versus the Barbarian. Uh, I remember the Stroh being in the back early in the night just fucking with Gypsy Joe. Like, Joe, do the chops. Do the chops. Like, Stroh just being weird with Gypsy Joe. Uh, that's basically all I got to say about fucking Stroh. Uh, as far as part of this show, Stroh versus the Barbarian, they did this match everywhere. I thought Stroh was the hill right away. That's the way all their matches went. Okay, because you think that they're bad yeah, you think that he's the bad guy, but he's really not. Because it's usually like Stroh's war in the USA stuff. Yeah, 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 but like it was always fucking weird. Uh, but they used to wrestle each other all the fucking time. We've probably got like six other fucking shows <laughs> of the high spots where it was Stroh wrestling Barbarian. So. Uh, anything you got to say about it, Miguel? Uh, the Barbarian, was that his name also because of a race thing? No. That's uh, almost just a way of life. He's more of a savage. So. Okay, cool. I mean, I, I think he's like like Polynesian, like Samoan mm-hmm. kind he of. Was, what is saying? Isle Tonga. <laughs> You're just going to keep naming. Uh, uh, so some, <laughs> some island somewhere. Tongan is for sure because that's what Sandy yeah, his, his Tongan. So it was like that's basically why he was the barbarian. So that's cool. Well, he's still doing it too. To still this doing day. it. Uh, looks I, just the same. Looks just as good as ever. Not too long after Stroh had his run with the barbarian, I had my run with the barbarian. Barbarian likes to grab onto somebody and say, "Hey, uh, if you book me, make sure you book this guy so I can wrestle." He <laughs> did that, and I did my tour duty, mm-hmm. and Stroh was doing his tour duty doing this. Match 13, we have the Thunder Express taking on the Midnight Express, who has Ty Dillinger in their corner, Ugh. who is the man who used to own all of those wrestling action figures just over your shoulder right there in Where's the man Where's your Killer Bees action figures? Oh, he took that because he didn't pay for that. Okay. He already paid for all those action figures, so he feels like he has the right to come back and get them. At but, any point. Is there but, a picture of this on your website? <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, anybody listening to this is going to be no, like, what? people know about the Manning King. Yeah, oh, all right. No, I think one day we got to give him a, 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 a Cribs-esque tour of the Manning Cave. Yeah, I'll do it on at 10 Del Pod. Yeah, I was about to say, maybe on your Patreon. <laughs> maybe on a day that I'm here. And I, yeah. <laughs> Zane lives in here. I Zane don't know where. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, but yeah, the Midnight Express, they do their thing. So, anything? Nah, I mean... Midnight Express is there. It's really all. It's just a match to get them over. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, at this, like at this point in the event, like <laughs> you you've already left? seen so much shit that you're just kind of like anything impressive isn't as impressive. It's yeah. almost like you've already been let down so much. Well, like, I get something. Like, with... I really needed just more fire and blood. That's <laughs> what I needed. We've we've gone up here with fire and blood, and we have not gone back up there again. Yeah. Like, so. <laughs> so somehow we did this, and then fire and blood. And then basically the same trajectory right back down. <laughs> yeah. And I noticed the referee, and I was like, oh, I think I'm Facebook friends with the referee. And then I started thinking, like, I think I'm Facebook friends with everybody on this show, <laughs> but, like, I don't interact with any of them. Where like, I feel you? everybody on this show I'm Facebook friends with, but it's one of those Facebook friends that you never interact with whatsoever, mm-hmm. and their timeline stuff never comes yeah. up. You're just friends because you were both wrestling. You were both here on this show. <laughs> I saw fucking he was your undercard. 20 mutual friends, and I just said accept. Yeah. So that's basically... It's got to get over a number. We're just accepting... 
that right now, and we're going to accept match 14 into our life, uh, where we see Adam so Armour taking on Sean Schultz, who is three times the size what he is now. Ooh. Like, this is definitely on the gas, Sean Schultz. Um, so, yeah, this, this match has happened. It was a good match. It, but yeah, they, they, they kind of do like a Tennessee start. 14 matches in, which, uh, or Memphis start, I should say, mm. which I'm like, mm, that ain't gonna get it right now, brother. <laughs> Not too late. Uh, I did like one of the comments that O'Connor said in the match where, you know, talking about the, he's not pleased with the fans. And the commentator is like, uh, what do they do to you? And O'Connor just goes, the smell. <laughs> <laughs> that was, oh, that was pretty, that was pretty on, on point. Probably the best part of the whole match. Of course. And it was still a good match, but that's a good fucking line. Um, Write that down. Let's, let's get into it. So let's not waste any more fucking time. Because yeah. we've talked about 14 matches, but let's talk about match number 15. The UWA Oof. championship match Oof. with the champion, uh-huh. Chase Stevens. Lay it on me. Taken on. Dave Pillman. Death Row, Dave Pillman. Dave, death Row, Dave Pillman. Taking on from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh. Jake Manning. Uh, Mr. Elite. Mr. Elite. Jake Manning. Yeah. And like tight neon green. Wow, brother. I was, che- I was pecker checking the whole time. Like, <laughs> look, at this, look at this little fucking hog. Look at this guy. You know, and I looked away my body is. I'm like, okay, my body is all right. I could have been a little leaner. Gentlemen, I still have. Those green trunks. Oh, Patreon, I, go put those on, brother. I are you wearing them now? <laughs> no, I, I'm not. Did you wearing, make this fanny pack that you gave me out of them? I'm not wearing them now, but I'm telling you what I'm gonna do. Yes, you are. I'm gonna go to the office mm-hmm. at some point in time before this episode comes out. I'm gonna put those green trunks on, and I am going to take a picture of yep. these trunks, mm-hmm. and we're going to see. The difference. <laughs> from, from beef daddy Jake Manning to mechanic or the machinist Jake Manning? Yes. <laughs> the Yeah. The the American Psycho version <laughs> of Jake Manning. <laughs> Almost. What is the new one? Wait, 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 we got the American Hustle version there we go. Of, of Jake Manning right here at this uh, Ricky Moore Benefit show. And then now... <laughs> The American Psycho version of Jake Manning, which now lives. So I'm going to get these green trunks on, which are very please, faded right now. I know, do. I know for sure they're very faded. All the sun use, yes. Resting outside of park. Yeah, because that this was during time I'm doing a lot of fair shows, mm-hmm. so it's it's all sun faded trunks. That's, so. that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> they don't still glow. But Miguel, you've known me for a while, <laughs> and you know that I'm very bad at pronouncing last names. But what did you think of my wrestling in 2006? In 2006. And you don't have to protect his feelings. You don't have to protect my feelings, because trust me, there's already another podcast telling me I'm a shitty fucking wrestler in 2019. Yeah, so. yeah I mean, you you were definitely getting beat up on. He uh, <laughs> felt bad for you. Yeah, I, it, it was it was weird because they were trying to make you out to be the bad guy, but like I know you as a person, and also... Like, the way they were making you out to be a bad guy was like, oh, he screamed at the camera guy. And it's like, <laughs> who gives a shit? <laughs> so it did, so I want to scream at these camera guys. I, I'm also stiffer than a virgin on prom night. Yeah, that was a good one. Night. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, that was that was uh, commentary. And he made a reference about MySpace in this, too. Yes, he did. About your MySpace friends. And I was going to choke him like uh, his name was Allison. Mm-hmm. Was MySpace a thing in 2006? Well, I thought MySpace at that was, point. MySpace was definitely a thing. This, yeah. is, All this right. is before... Uh, my whole incident with Miss Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 
I wouldn't I wouldn't say the wrestling was good, but I was just so distracted by like if you're gonna make this guy out to be a bad guy, like you know, come up with a better story. <laughs> Other than he yells at the camera crew. Other than he's just frustrated. Other than he yeah. just hasn't had his coffee today. He's angry. He does it do mornings. Oh, especially at this moment in time. I didn't get my coffee. Yeah. All bets were off. Uh, yeah, but it was about... I, I would say it was about as good as like most of the other matches, like on average. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, mo- all, all of the like matches where there were more than two wrestlers w- were all kind of a clusterfuck. Because um, you couldn't... <sighs> There, there was, like, no focal point when, like, you're watching it, and it's like there's something going on. Uh, just It just looks like a rock concert where you're just <laughs> pushing each other, and I don't... It was just... Uh, it wasn't visually appealing. <laughs> Zane, uh, you, were, you were my closest I, and deepest friend. You can say whatever you want oh, to Oh, you were irrelevant to me in this match. Okay. Here's <laughs> what I... Here was, here's my problem. Death Row... Okay. Is the most over motherfucker in this building. He's getting streamers thrown at him. Let me tell you about the streamers. You see me throw streamers. Mm-hmm. I've never done this before since. But when they threw those streamers in, and I'm just being a heel and wanted to throw them back, I picked up one of the, the balls of streamers that hadn't completely unfurled. So I had like a ball of streamers yeah. that was free and didn't have like a tail yeah, on yeah. it. And I threw it as hard as I could. And get the whole whip of the mm-hmm. hands like you, like pitchers do, and fucking plug somebody right in the fucking <laughs> chest. Whoa! Like As, in the audience? Yes, in wow. the audience. And the guy, when I hit him in the chest, it was like his eyes like bugged out. Like oh, I can't believe somebody fucking <laughs> that just happened. Nailed me fucking as hard as possible. And it was the guy that actually threw them in. Nice. So it was like of the sea of people, I hit the right fucking person in the right fucking spot as hard as fucking possible. God, that's if, great. If that had been filmed, that would have been way more impressive than most of the <laughs> The match. entire yeah. show. Oh, it would have been one step below Blood and Fire. Definitely far more impressive than any of the flipper forums I threw in this fucking match were so, not fucking impressive. So you got Death Row. He's over as fuck. He's getting streamers. Uh, I would have liked for uh, Chase Stevens to also be heel, but I get it. Because uh, I want to like Death Row the most. Um, but then you guys have that little interaction, and I assume Death Row is a baby. You guys have that that little interaction of like, help me beat him up. Mm-hmm. He doesn't lay you out. And I was so upset that he would be like, okay. And then you go, and like, where'd you go? And then he just fucking beats you up a little bit. So that was a letdown. And then when he got up there to actually hit Chase... Was the weakest fucking arm across the back, and it's like I'm out. This guy sucks. I'm done. Yeah, but he put on a Hulk Hogan shirt. He did, and fuck that spot up left and right. Mm-hmm. It took forever to get that arm. Man, well, it's because he had that big ass jumpsuit. I know he had a lot of. He, he was death row. He had a Hulk Hogan shirt mm-hmm. on. He was kind of healed. Was that kind of his gimmick? Or? I don't fucking know, man. I I. Or they were like, hey man, it'd be funny if he just did the Hogan spots. I barely talked to him at all. All I I don't remember even talking to him at all during. Yeah. I like. I remember Chase just kind of laying this all out, like. Yeah. What What was the thing with the Hogan shirt? Like, just. Just he wanted to be like Hulk Hogan and make a comeback. Hulk and, Hogan has this very specific finish to a match, and we didn't do any of the block punches. No. Well, he. It looked at one point like he tried to throw an arm up there, like something would block or something was happening, and he just never did it. He. No, I remember. He put the finger in it like he, he just punched you a couple times and pointed at you and then you sold an eye gouge. Yeah. And that was about what we got. Yeah. But Hogan had this very specific this, this, this big boot 
leg drop it, and that was every fucking match. And uh, so they were trying to do that. Some people do it for a little fun. People laugh and they nostalgia or whatever. Yeah. Right. And he fucked it up every time. <laughs> so, yeah. And Chase Chase Stevens is what Chase Stevens is. He's what he's always been. I've always liked him. He's always been great to me. Years he's had he the exact same match. Came in at the wrong time. Yep. If he would have showed up now, or if he'd have showed up in fucking late seventies. But he, well, even if he would have been around a few years earlier, or if he would have showed mm. up like roughly about now, yeah, yeah, I, you know, he'd be in NXT right now. Yeah. Looks like a million bucks. He can work. Yeah, he he could do shooting star presses at that weight. Yeah, like he was. I mean, there's no reason why he shouldn't have been a star. Yeah. He's just one of those guys that just slipped through the fucking cracks because there weren't enough fucking spots, mm-hmm. and everybody fucking hated indie guys and we were trying to teach fucking football players and amateur wrestlers how to be pro wrestlers and we're not fucking hiring pro wrestlers whether they're male or fucking female so that's what we were in wrestling and someone like him slipped the craps and that's a shame because I remember I think he kind of put together this whole match and that the suplex on the outside Mm -hmm. that he gave me I still do that today and I remember him grabbing me and grabbed me in a suplex and he says roll and then that's how you take that. Mm-hmm. But it looks vicious all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I one of my favorite things to do when I wrestle with somebody outside is grab them in a suplex position and I tell them to just fucking roll with yeah. it. You know, and then it's it works every fucking time. It's easy. Mm-hmm. It's a good little bump. And I got that from him on this particular night. And there's that footage of it. So, um, I thought I was going to hate everything that I fucking did in this match. Um, it's bad. okay. It's one bad. I mean, I really kind of added it up. I'm. It was a learning experience. Your I, chest and arms looked really good. Yeah, I, I you know I probably need to lean out a little bit more in the midsection. That was always been my problem, mm-hmm. and the only way I've ever leaned out in my midsection is by losing all the fucking weight in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I'm probably like two and a half years in at this time. And oh shit! Well, you look great for two and a half years in. Oh yeah, because yeah, I, I got in in August of 2003, and this mm-hmm. is February of 06. We both got about the same time. So. But yeah, um, not bad. I was a little apprehensive about the main event, but no, uh, no it was it was it definitely held its own amongst ninety percent of the rest of the fucking show. Yeah, and it was a long fucking show, yeah. but ninety uh, percent of the show apparently wasn't even on the tape. Yeah, no shit. So I guess one hundred eight percent of the show. <laughs> well, from what you saw, Miguel, what did you think of the show? Uh you know, it would have been a lot cooler if there was more fire and blood. Okay. Uh, <laughs> said that about literally we, everything. We yeah. hear, we hear you, Miguel. I, I I don't think that the pudding was necessary. <laughs> like the the pudding that was fake as shit. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna have shit on your show, make it real shit. Might as well be real shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just I hate how they <laughs> undersold that shit. If they had been like, oh, can you smell it? The putrid smells coming from that outhouse. Yeah, that kind of thing. No, Everyone seemed really cool it. with yeah, the smell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was there like, were oh, people okay. just passing by the outhouse <laughs> like it was nothing. So like, hell yeah, <laughs> it smells like my daughter. <laughs> uh, what about you, Zane? Oh, don't watch this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> guys don't Not watch. even for O'Connor's commentary. Yeah, okay, for that. If you okay, so like, what I do sometimes when I watch these things is like I'll put it on, but then I'll also play video games. And then but, like, but there's like matches where he's not even commentating, right? There's like, like one or two. Yeah, skip over those. <laughs> yeah, I got. I don't know if that guy was. Um, but I like I'll watch it to like know what's going on and like look for moves and stuff and just mindlessly play video games or do something not mind numbing on the side uh, to kill the time, make it go a little bit faster. Uh, yeah, if you can just watch, this, if you can listen to this in audio form and pretend like you're just listening to it on the radio, it's rad. Okay. Does Ricky Morton still need the money? Uh, well, <laughs> well, I mean, his kids are too old to get child support. Yeah, so that's he, really just aged out. He's that's aged out. 
he his his son Carrie Morton, L- lovely child, lovely child. He's gonna be he's gonna be something special in this world. Not a wrestler, but not a wrestler. He's, he's gonna be something special. And I remember him when he was a child, and he's gonna be something special. So watch him on his fucking journey. And, he does and, a lot of theater and like uh, Broadway esque plays. He's yes. a really big singer. He's a oh. really good singer. I'm gonna check him out. And you know, and Ricky really turned his life around mm-hmm. from this whole experience. Like a few a few years later, he kind of like finally saw a doctor after like a long stretch of time. <laughs> and his doctor was basically saying they're like, "Hey, uh, the blood that's in your system." Uh, there's not enough of it. That's bad we, blood, brother. We need to put some more uh, blood in you. And immediately, the next time I saw him, was immediately better. And now that motherfucker is doing Canadian Destroyers <laughs> yep. in 2019. Yep. Sometimes all you need is blood. Sometimes and, and fire. But, blood but and if fire. you can get the fire, cool. If you don't, leave it. It's fine. <laughs> but, blood. But, but like I said, when, when I did that interview with him, <laughs> he was fucking sleeping on a fucking stage. Fucking just... Gave me 42 minutes of fucking bullshit and then fucking yeah 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 me. And he was always giving me a fucking headache every time I saw him. And as soon as he fucking... Got a little bit more blood in him. Got more blood in him. He has been nothing but a joy in my life to see every time I see him. And um, seeing his name just right here, right in front of me on the DVD, Ricky Morton, just put a smile on my face. Yeah. You know, We've had a good interaction with him. We had a fun match with him that time that the show went so goddamn long. Yeah. He, like this, we were like the main event of this like local high school show and uh, Sting was there at one point. It was like a huge show and everybody went fucking forever. And these shows normally last like an hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes. We were getting like two and a half hour mark and Ricky and Robert were going to give us like, the, he, they called this match. They we were going to have this stuff. amazing mu- match and we we're going to do all this stuff like it was going to be like 1985 yeah. all over again. And we're like, they were calling spots, which is not something they guys do. of that era do. And like it's getting later and later, and Ricky comes back to us, and goes, "All right, boys. Now we can still do the match that we talked about, but it's late." And we were all like, "Nope, get in, double drop kick, get out." It took us longer to walk to the ring than the match itself occurred. And it was like my favorite time with rock and roll. Favorite time, one of the favorite times with you. Yeah, but just. One of those, like, Ricky was still going to do it for us. He was still going to be like, whatever you want. If you guys want to go out here and go the 20 minutes we planned. But we know what they wanted. Yeah, they wanted to see Double which, Drop Kick. Which makes fucking LAX fucking miracle workers. Oh, yeah. Because they got Ricky Morton to do a Canadian Destroyer at 1 a.m. I wonder who talked him into it. I wonder whose idea. I wonder if, like, Joey was like, I'll pay you more. Or whatever show he gave them. Whoever... Whoever facilitated that are miracles. The next time I see LAX, I'm walking right up to him and I'm asking the fucking question. Which one of you guys is fucking David Copperfield? (laughs) (laughs) Which one of you guys is the magician here? Because he's real good. good. But like, yeah. um, You know, like I said, like I had my ups and downs with Ricky, as as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. But, you know, one of the best guys ever. And it just goes to show that this many people, no matter what place they are in professional wrestling we're willing to show up and support him you know at this point where i think he was probably the most crabbiest of his career <laughs> but like if he did the if there's ever a situation where we had to do another benefit show like you would probably have 30 matches on there and you'd have to have keep another 30 off the dvd because he's affected so many people mm-hmm. even now so um super awesome dude super good guy um shows long as shit yeah uh, watch it just because it's an interesting 
It's a gem. It's a gem to look back on, but if you just want to listen to this podcast... Hey. I mean, this podcast is almost as long and even more entertaining. <laughs> That's so right. There you go. There was way more fire and blood here. Yeah, there's yeah. way more fire and blood and you, backstage stories. You so. can't see it, but we're all burning right yeah. now. It's and all bloody. Burning. All burning because we got to get out of here. Yeah. We got to do a show tonight. Uh, Miguel, you have a live microphone in front of you. Um, this will this episode will be coming out in two weeks. Uh, if you have anything that you want to plug upcoming, at least plug your social media or YouTube or wherever people can get in touch with you. Yeah, yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram. That's usually where I post most of my shows. Uh, it's at uh, miguel.is.dope. It's <laughs> good. That's what it is. It's still better than Zane's Twitter handle. It sure is. Oh, what's, what's Zane's Twitter handle? I used to be in hardcore bands back in the day, so it's Zane X Core. Oh, shit. Okay. It, it's almost like a porn star handle. Almost. Almost. I want to handle the point. Never mind. I got to get it. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> you have any dates, anything you want to put over, anything, you want to talk anything about? Anything at all? Anything you're working on a show or... Something or, near and dear to your heart? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a house show on 420, but... Light them up! I don't think anybody uh, listening is invited. Because <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. No, no. I just uh, I just assume none of you live in Atlanta and know my friend Alec, whose house it is. So well, if you maybe, guys live in Atlanta and know Alec, hit us up. Let yeah, us know. Yeah, just just hit him up. We we can let you into the house. <laughs> or, or just go to Atlanta and hit yeah. it, and go to whatever shows Miguel's in, in you know down in Atlanta, which is this amazing comedy scene. Just if you live in Atlanta, go check out a comedy show there. You'll probably see. Yeah, Miguel. no, it's like the shows there are amazing. So definitely, even we're, even, we're doing. Uh, Red Clay Festival is coming up, and uh, Laughing Skull Fest is next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Red Clay is like kind of summer, I think. Um, but both of the comedy festivals are really good, and Marie Bamford is headlining Red Clay. Oh, That's yeah, pretty cool. So. Yeah, festivals, regular shows, even the open mics are fucking awesome there. So if yeah, you, you live in Atlanta, just fucking come out. If you see comedy on anything, chances are you won't regret it. Yeah. Um, Zane, this is coming out in two weeks. Anything you want to plug? Know, man. You don't fucking want to. I, mean, uh, I would just spend my time telling the story about how I met Miguel, and that'd really be all. Okay. Uh, went out to eat with you and Evan, and fuck, I just knew his name a second ago. Uh, we went to Thomas Street, and he locked him into that outhouse thing. Oh shit! Yeah, we we locked. Uh, <laughs> so we locked someone. Who, in what, who was who did it? Like it was. Oh, it, uh, Ramon Perez. There we go. Uh, Two of us, Evan Pitfield, been on the show. Lauren Ansley been on the show. Uh, Miguel, or fucking, she did Ramon Perez been on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just go to this little bar and we're we're talking and like uh, Ramon goes looking this little uh, like storage building they have outside and this dude runs up on us like, whoa, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You can't go in there. I was like, oh, I was just looking to see what, what was going on. And uh, dude tells him to fuck off and then dude goes into the the storage area and like closes the door behind him and Miguel or fucking uh, Ramon looks over and goes. There's a deadbolt. <gasps> and so he goes over and just pushes the hasp over. He doesn't lock it, but he pushes the hasp over. No, he, he put he, the deadbolt. Pu- yeah, he put the deadbolt on, but he didn't lock it. He, or it was a ma- so you could, padlock. You, he yeah, hooked the padlock, but didn't lock it up. Anyone could open it from the outside, but you wouldn't be able to open it from the inside where mm-hmm. the guy was in. So, and we're like, we gotta fucking go. Yep, that's <laughs> a good time to go. Before we got out the front door, though, somebody had put him in a chokehold and drug him out. And he was like, "What the fuck are you guys doing? I don't know what you're talking about." So, yeah, that was a good night. Very good. Night. So yeah, go check that out. <laughs> we got banned from a bar. It's yeah. really cool. Go to Thomas Street. 
Oh, they'll definitely do it. Yeah. We well, earned that one. Fuck Thomas Street, though. Yeah. I, I'd stop going there anyway. So. There you go. Fucking. We take a hard stance here on this podcast. Too classy of an establishment for my books. But what's not a classy establishment is how did this get booked? Guys, if we missed anything or if you one of the 47 wrestlers on this show and you're like, hey, you clipped over the discussion of my match, please yell at me again at Manscoutmanny on Instagram and Twitter or email me at Jake at sslshow.com that's an old email but it still fucking works uh, make sure you go on to howdothisgetbook.com for more information about our upcoming our sh- upcoming shows the next show that we'll be discussing is actually an episode of the A-Team and I'll be posting it right there on howdothisgetbook.com so make sure you check out howdothisgetbook to watch the A-Team episode that we'll be discussing on the next episode of How Did This Get Booked make sure you once again subscribe on iTunes Stitcher uh, we're now available on Spotify. If you switched over from Stitcher to Spotify, please, please take a screen cap and let us know, and I'll retweet it and let people know that we are now on Spotify. This is something new, and I want to let people know about it, so please, please, please do that. But make sure you leave a review so that I can mention your name on the, on the podcast, much like Miles Kane and Modern Barbarian. Woo. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another edition of How Did This Get Booked? Woo. Well, there's, you get the second woo there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you have them all.